Wow, wow, wow. Ladies and gentlemen, what a card that was. UFC 293 down in Sydney, Australia. Uh, Israel Adesanya versus Sean Strickland. And if you watched it, you know how it went. Sean Strickland becomes and new. Israel Adesanya loses the title in kind of a boring fashion, but we'll talk about that later on in this podcast. I want to get through the card. It won't take me long to get there because this entire card was bananas, at least the main card. It went by pretty quick. So Tyson Pedro, Anton Turkoc, uh first round knockout, real easy, power. Uh, I think this was... Yeah, this was a fight where it was the accidental eye poke, and then he said he he needed to come back and uh, put his head through the canvas. Uh, same thing with Justin Taffa, first round KO. It was looking kind of dicey at first. Austin Lane was getting some moves in there, and then Justin Taffa just hit him with this. I think it was a left hand that was ridiculous. There's so much power behind those shots, man. I couldn't even... <laughs> I can't even fathom wanting to be that big and punching somebody like that, right? So the first two fights, yes. First round knockouts, not much to talk about in those two fights. They went exactly how you would think if you just looked at them on paper. Um, I know it's the UFC, I know it's a fight, so anything could happen. But sometimes some of these fights you can just look on the the card and you're just like oh yeah this is going to be a knockout this isn't going to be close um then we move on to Manal Cop versus Felipe Dos Santos now this fight started out in the fashion of where it looked like another first round knockout was going to occur Manal Cop was going forward 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 as a counter puncher and just letting some bombs go but Felipe Dos Santos, man, I told you when you're when you're younger, by virtue of being younger, you can kind of take more damage than you need. Now, I'm never a big fan of someone taking unnecessary damage. You know, I don't you don't need to to take a few to catch one, right? Uh but if that's what it takes, then that's what it takes. And he was surviving. He was giving uh, Manel some shots of his own. It wasn't a very tactical fight in terms of getting to the ground or any jiu-jitsu. It was kind of a back-and-forth fist fight. Uh, but Manel Cop has so much power uh, for those the little weight class, the flyweights. So one was at 125. So it was hard to really judge who is better i would say and when i mean better is like i wouldn't say manal cap is co- like so much further along than felipe dos santos right he's clearly better but i wouldn't say like they're not in the same realm felipe dos santos is still pretty young i think they said he was 23 if i'm not mistaken let's see felipe dos santos topology he is born in 2000. Wow. Oh, today's his birthday. Um, if you're listening to this, today's uh, September 11th, 2023. He was born in 2000. Man, that's crazy. 
that he's actually younger than my brother. Uh, my brother was born in 1999. Anyways, uh, he just hasn't had enough experience as a professional fighter in the UFC. I wouldn't say anything else about his um about his uh fighting or whatever because he hasn't fought the top of the top. You know, this was his first fight in the UFC, so. To last the entire time, I would say, is pretty good. You know, like I say, I am not a big fan of surviving. I'm not a big fan of, like like I said, or taking one to give one. I'm not a fan of people taking unnecessary damage in hopes of trying to catch someone with a slick submission. But this was just a fist fight. And after the fight, they were cool. Um... They gave each other a hug and just kept it moving. Wasn't there wasn't too much animosity now. Manal Caps call out after the fact of Kai Car France. And with Kai Car France even being in the crowd is the one that's kind of inviting for you to get uh, <laughs> talked about since you're in the crowd and you're not fighting. But he did say some um he did have some choice words that I will not repeat on here. Not that I'm afraid to say any of these things, but I'm not a controversial person. I didn't care either way. I thought it was funny because if you've ever been in a fist fight, you will say whatever you need to to continue this fist fight. So congrats to Manakap. He's starting to get hot in the UFC. So we shall see what comes of this. I don't know what the flyweight um, picture looks like right now. Actually, let me take a look. Let's go to, uh, we can go to topology. Let's see, UFC flyweight rankings. Or can I see specific rankings, contenders? I just want to see flyweight, I don't care about. So we got Alessandre Pantoja. Brandon Moreno. I don't know if they're going to rematch. Let's see. Can we just look at UFC top? Because I don't need worldwide rankings. I just want UFC rankings. Okay, I got to go to SureDog then. Let's see. This is great podcasting, huh? Sorry for the silence. I'm trying to look up the rankings for flyweight. Oh, there they go. Rankings. Divisional. Flyweight. Because I really don't know how they're going. So, Alexandra Pantoja, the champion, like I said. Brandon Moreno. Davidson Figueredo, I thought he moved up. He might have moved up. So, we'll see. Amir Albazi. Kai Carl France, Oscar Askarov, Brandon Royval, Mateus Nicolau, Manel Cap, and Alex Pantoja. Yeah. I know Alex Pantoja and Brandon Moreno just fought, so I don't think a rematch has been announced. So I can't, I, you can take those two out. Davison Figueredo, I'm sure that he moves, he's moving up. They still have him at number three in the rankings, but I don't think he wants to fight. 
Anybody else other than champion? Amir Abazi, when was his last fight? Let's see. June 2023. Oh, he fought Kai and he won. Okay. And I guess Kai France was, this was his redemption to get back up there, especially being in Sydney. Um, Askar Askarov, let's see who he's fought. Askar. He lost to Kai Car France in 2022 and hasn't fought in 2023 yet, so he's kind of in no man's land. And El Cap could fight him. Brandon Royval. Let's see who has he fought. Mateusz Nikolau, he beat him. So Nikolau would not fight him. So he could either fight Nikolau or Kaikar France or or Roy Val, I think. So he will creep into the top five sooner or later. Um, it was an impressive win in terms of being that new in the UFC. So we'll see. So on to the co-main event now, Alexander Volkov versus Tai Tuivasa. This fight could have went one or two ways, right? If you were watching the fight, you saw Tai Tuivasa employ some leg kicks that looked pretty serious, right? Pretty serious. And he, Alexander Volkov was getting, well, he was starting to get compromised. I wouldn't say he was fully compromised yet because he ended up winning and it wasn't a fluke like he went he did he was employing some strategy to get him to the ground and he uh took him down off a low kick but when i say when ty was throwing those low kicks man he had to make a decision real quick and he caught alexander so tall that he caught one of the low kicks and just kind of pushed him down and ty's jiu-jitsu obviously is not as good as uh, Alexander Volkov's, and he ended up getting an Ezekiel choke. I mean, you really can't do much about being underneath Alexander Volkov. He is 6'7", 265 pounds. Uh, Ty, you know, he does have a common opponent in Derek Lewis, and I was there when Derek Lewis knocked out Alexander Volkov with like 30 seconds left in the fight. So I know that was in the back of his mind somewhere. Knowing that Ty Tuivasa also has knocked out Derek Lewis in stunning fashion like that. And, you know, that was much of the fight. It wasn't too technical. Uh, these two opponents had lots of respect for each other. You know, there was no real trash talk. Um, and the after, the press conference afterwards was pretty funny because the guy, one of the Australian. Um, reporters asked him if he was doing a shoey, and he was like, "What? What is that?" Because he's Russian, but he's learned a bit of English along the way. And he was like, "No, I'll just drink a beer from a glass," <laughs> which is pretty funny. He was like, "If anything, I'll I'll scoop it out with my hand." <laughs> so I don't know what's next for Alexander Volkov. Though he's up there, he's near the top of the rankings. Um. But I just haven't seen what's we gotta wait till John Jones fights Stipe. Um Curtis Blades has, let's what has he done lately? Curtis Blades, he lost to Sergei Pavlovich. Sergei is number two. Sergei's basically beating everybody. 
Cyril gone. Obviously, recently won UFC France. Uh, but we know who he is. We know Cyril Gon's good. He just couldn't beat Francis or John. Those are two champions. So he's always going to stay up there. Tom Aspinall coming back off an of injury, beating Marcin Tiberia. Um, that was in July. I don't think he has a fight lined up yet. Let's see. Where is... Is Volkov not even in? Okay, Volkov's number six. So he has Tom, Curtis. I mean, he has everybody in the top five. I don't think he's fought any of these folks in the top five. So he's got some matchups. I don't see anybody being matched up other than Stipe not in. Well, I guess Stipe doesn't have to be in the top ten. Stipe is the GOAT, and he might retire after this anyway so we'll see we'll see what that turns into but alexander volkov's on a streak man and he's he lost to tom aspinall vr bar so that's out of the question jerzinho alexander romanov tie i would like to see him fight sergey but sergey's number two so that's probably not going to happen um so we'll see We'll basically see what the dust settles because John and Stipe might retire after this year. I don't know. Uh, we got to wait for the Madison Square Garden card to fully determine the outlook on heavyweight. With Derek Lewis retaining uh, contract and him still being there, there's a lot, a lot of uh, there's been a lot of shuffling of the the heavyweights outside of Cyril um, Gon. And now we make it to the main event. And if you watched it, this was the weirdest fight you've probably ever watched. Israel Adesanya versus Sean Strickland. Um, first off, Sean Strickland almost TKOs him in the first round. Which is ridiculous to say that Sean Strickland got close enough to almost TKO Israel Adesanya. Um, if you watch the fight... It was just one of those days for Israel, man. You can't really, you can't really pinpoint on something. One of my buddies pointed out that Izzy looked drained. He looked tired. I mean, it was in the morning for them, uh, so that could have affected them. But it was also in the morning for Sean Strickland too. And it, it's not like they're not playing in the same. Or they're not fighting the same octagon. Time works the same. Woo, that was a yawn. Sorry. Um, but Sean Strickland just kept pushing forward. And Izzy could not find a spot to counterattack or even start to employ his own offense uh, to begin with. So, yeah, I, I don't know what Izzy's going to do after this. I just saw that he's the first, I think, first person in UFC history to lose the same title twice in one year, um, which goes to show you that he has been busy. He's been getting after it, winning the title, losing the title, winning the title again, and then losing the title. Um, he did that within the span of a year. That, you know, again, I don't like moral victories, but I don't know of any champion that's ever did that. At least in that fashion, ever. And I've been watching the UFC for 20-some-odd years now. Um, so, 
I mean, any if anything, praise Izzy for keeping that division going, keeping that division moving. He did not slow it down at all. Becoming champion, he wanted to become champ champ, and then went straight back down and fought for a championship again. I can respect that. But Sean Strickland, man, if if you guys are not casuals and you know who Sean Strickland is, he is a wild dude. And he says a lot of wild and crazy stuff, and he does a lot of wild and crazy things. But the epiphany it looked like he had after he won the belt and he was, you know, <laughs> kind of just being kind and, and a normal dude and appreciative was really cool to see, you know. I'm not... I'm not the one to outwardly trash talk. Uh, well, let me let me backtrack that because they've never given me a microphone. Now, I am a terrible trash talker if it's me and you one-on-one, no microphones. Um, but that's not the nature of any of the sports that I've ever played. They, they would give me a microphone to talk trash to somebody. But in fighting, it's different. Like, you know who you're going to fight. That dude exists. And that's the only dude that's going to be in there. No matter how much he trains, there's only one person in the cage with you. And that's the guy you're fighting. So, I can't say I wouldn't say stuff like Sean Strickland. But I wouldn't say stuff like Sean Strickland. I would be in the same realm, though. And for him to, you know, he... At the end of the day, he gave Izzy his respect. He gave all the fighters their respect. He, he thanked the crowd, and, you know, it's always a good thing to see. And now we move on to who's going to fight Sean Strickland next. Is it Drickus? I think it might be Drickus. Um, Jared Cannonier's in the mix. It opens up the entire uh, middleweight division to a bunch of people being able to fight for the, for the belt again. Because... To be honest, the this didn't prove to me that Sean Strickland is a great fighter, right? If we're looking skill for skill, I still wouldn't say Sean Strickland is the greatest fighter technically, and I'm counting on him to retain this title for 10 plus fights, right? Not trying to downplay what he did to Israel. That was a masterclass of whatever he did to him for him to not even want to try to fight back or counter. That is a big deal. I'm not downplaying that whatsoever. But if I were to throw him in the ring and... Say, copy this guy, you'll become a UFC champion. You'd call me crazy, right? You'd call me crazy. So we're not going to we're not gonna slander him, but we're not gonna praise him like he is a indestructible, untouchable champion, right? That's I'm still gonna give Izzy that those flowers. He's still to me the best middleweight right now. Cause he beat Robert, he beat Jared, he beat Robert again, he beat Vittori twice. He beat Paul Cook. He's been there. He proved it. He proved it that he is the best middleweight. Now, Sean Strickland, on the other hand, let's see his previous fights. So he lost a Cannoneer. He lost Pereira. We know that he got flatlined by Pereira, and he kind of he got decision by Cannoneer, which is kind of arguable, but whatever. Beats Uriah Hall. Beat Brendan Allen. Um, has anybody else in the top? No, nobody else is in the top. 
And if you guys didn't know, way back in the day, he's also, Sean Strickland has also fought Kamaru Usman and he lost by a decision way back in 2017. So, he has some fighters on his record. It's just that you still wouldn't call him that the guy to beat. He's the guy to beat because he has the belt. And I'm happy to see that, you know, with everything he's been through, if you've known his story about, you know, the, the abuse that he had growing up and, and such, I'm not going to get into that here. But it took a lot of steps to get to this point. I mean, it takes a lot of steps to become a professional fighter, then to become a good professional fighter, then to become a champion of that professional fighting league and also with it being the top league in the in the world you know that takes another level and he did it he accomplished that i can't take that away from him so we'll see what's going to happen because drickus was supposed to fight israel Adesanya, but it was too soon and he was injured and he did not want to go in with an excuse Robert Whitaker was he fought Drickus, he lost July. Same probably same thing for him. He's gonna hang out. Jerry Cannonier is next down the list. He and he's beaten uh Sean Strickland. Uh but that was back in two thousand twenty two in December, so we'll see. I like that. I like seeing that. Give Jared another shot. He is thirty nine years old. I think he's the oldest middleweight currently. I think Israel is the second oldest, like 37. Oh, no, he's 34. I thought he was older than that. He Well, he just has an enormous amount of fights for his age. Alex Pereira, 36. Let's see. Oh, no, this is Bellator. What? Um, Marvin Vittori, didn't he just lost to Jared Cannonier? Yeah, so he's not in the running currently. Holocaustus fighting Hamza Chimaev in October, so we'll see what, what comes of that. Roman Delice, who's he fought? He lost to Marvin Vittori. So we don't have many matchups with Sean Strickland. We have Jared Cannonier. Um, I don't think Robert or Drickis will fight, and I don't think... Alex Pereira is going to move back down to fight him again. So we got Sean Strickland might be um, fighting Jared Cannonier in the near future. We'll see. Okay. Okay. Let's see. Let's go back to the next fight card. So, man, the next fight card is a fight night. UFC fight night. Grasso versus Shevchenko, too. Valentina trying to get her belt back from after losing it to Alexa Grasso. Um, hopefully she has that motivation back. I can't, even though I didn't pick against her in the first fight, I still can't pick against her in the second, second fight. So I'm not going to be doing a preview card, but let me look. Rahul Roses Jr., that, that new kid, uh, he lost his last fight because he was, he was trying to do too much and he kind of tired out and lost against Terrence Mitchell that should be a good fight this should be a great fight Kevin Holland versus Jack Della Maddalena I think Jack had a fight booked 
and then someone dropped out, and then he got booked again, and someone dropped out. I think he spoke about it on some podcast that I heard, but that's going to be a good fight. We can see what Kevin Holland has been working on lately in their wrestling room. Because Jack Della Maddalena is a good wrestler. He's only 30 years old. Wow. Okay. Yeah, so that'll be a good fight. What else is on the UFC docket? We got UFC Fight Night Fizzy versus Mateusz Skenrot. Bryce Mitchell back in action against Dan Ige. Let's see. Elon Kutalaba. Sadiq Yusuf, Edson Barboza. Okay, UFC 294, October 21st. Now that's going to be the next big fight. But So we got a while to that. Um, and we got a bunch of these fight nights. So I might preview a couple fight nights together. I might not do them separate like I do for these pay-per-view cards. I might just make a list and start researching some of these newer fighters and, and do breakdowns on that. So and that's just coming up in the future. Um, we just had our flag football tournament this past weekend. I know I was supposed to come out with a video, but something really unfortunate happened during our game. And I'm still trying to get over it a little bit. Um, and I'll, I, without, well, I really didn't know who this person was, but I'll, I'll explain more. In my next podcast, because I don't want to speak about it now. I I already had this lined up because I had notes and I was watching it, but I didn't I didn't make make my video because I I just emotionally couldn't do it. Uh, I can do this because I've been watching UFC for twenty years. I can talk about it, and it was a quick card: two knockouts, one beating, one. Um, one submission and one decision. So that was really easy to report on. So be on the lookout for the next one. Um, there's a bunch of fight nights coming up. Valentina Shevchenko and Alexa Grasso, Kevin Holland, all great fighters. So the next fight night is not going to be a slouch. It's just not going to be a pay-per-view. So until then, I'll preview these cards or I'll, I'll bunch a bunch of these cards together and preview them for the future. And then obviously get back to when uh, UFC 294 fight week. And I'll do a preview on the card with some picks. All right, you guys. I holla at you later. Keep it moving. Keep it working. It's Monday. We got a lot of stuff going on. But we're staying going strong. All right. Peace.